Welcome to Connecting the Dots, the podcast where we share our stories and experiences from the battlefield of consulting. In today's episode, we'll be going over something pretty timely. It's Mental Health Awareness Month, and a lot of us are starting to return to our offices, and with that comes a lot of anxiety and stress. And so today we'll be talking about how our company approaches mental health. We'll be sharing some of the tips and tricks that we use to manage our own personal mental health. And then finally, we'll be sharing some ideas and advice for how you can create a positive mental health culture at your company. Before we jump into the topic though, um, one of the things that we learn as consultants is to defer to the experts. And so with that, none of us on this episode are mental health professionals. Nothing we say during this episode is meant to be medical advice. If you do find yourself struggling with mental health issues, please reach out to someone. We'll be including some resources down in the description below. Please check them out. And so with that out of the way, I'll ask my colleagues to introduce themselves. My name is Oscar Hernandez, and I'm a full-stack developer and consultant at Xpero. I'm Phil Gambling, a technical lead. Johnny Hill, I'm a senior UX designer. Karine Jamal, I'm a senior architect. And I'm Jesus Moreno, a front-end developer and consultant here at Xpero. So I guess uh, let's get started, guys. Yeah. I guess, Oscar, how, how does Xpero try to approach mental health? So um, one of the things we do um, at Xpero is we allow um, the employees to, um, some of them work from home, um, others can work in the office. Um, that seems to help with uh, allowing uh, employees to be comfortable um, wherever, they, wherever they feel best. Um, we also have uh, a host of different uh, channels um, uh, for example, there's a mental health channel that I uh, that I had, um, which um, where we uh, essentially just promote different practices that might help people with their mental health, um, or um, in general, um, help uh, approach different situations um, that might reduce stress in the long run. Um, we also try to maintain an open. Um, um, discussion about mental health in the workplace. Um, and one of the most important things is uh, keeping the uh, employees and managers um, educated about issues of mental health and uh, different ways that they can uh, uh, see mental health struggles in individuals and uh, and, and help out where, where necessary. Clarify one thing for our listeners. When, you, when we speak about channels, we're talking about Slack. We are being a remote company. We use Slack pretty heavily, uh, you know, long before COVID. And so um, you'll probably hear us bring that up many times. Yeah, I know like that, like Oscar was saying, having using channels in Slack for things like he, like he said, he runs the, the mental health channel to, to send out kind of tips and, and kind of reminders for people. Hey, here's some things you can try. But also, I know we have a number of kind of just community building 
team bonding fun channels. So people who have pets will put, you know, post, yeah, we went to the park, here's a fun picture. And, or people who are into playing games will, you know, host stuff or, or talk about what we're playing and just kind of, at least during COVID especially, but even more coming out of it, just developing that sense of camaraderie and community within a company, I think has really helped people to feel more connected um, yeah. and feel, feel like they can be open about kind of, if they are struggling with things, it's hard to be open with people you feel like you don't really know, or, you know, you, you can only talk with them about work. And, and when you use Slack, be sure you're sort of aware of the, the connections it comes with, right? Because as you can use it to feel connected and uh, improve people, it can also be a source of stress for people, right? So if you see these things going off or these red bubbles and notifications popping up, sometimes people get stressed seeing that and feel, you know, oh, I have to reply right away to that because I got tagged and things like that. And so it's good to sort of set the expectations but when you're using Slack or any of these, uh, you know, communication tools to say, what's a reasonable time to follow up on, right? You don't have to reply right away. And if you know you, they're just tagging you for your awareness, but you have time to respond, you'll feel less stressed. Uh, and, you know, uh, you, you can finish up your tasks and then go back to responding. But it is a very powerful tool. We are a remote friendly company, even before, uh, you know, COVID struck. Uh, and it is sort of our lifeline. Uh, it's what we use to stay connected and feel that we're still all together, even though we may be geographically, you know, uh, apart. Yeah, I think you just add to that. That's a good reminder about the basically like set the do not disturb, set the um, in Slack or on your calendar. What are my working hours? We're already such a distributed company around the world that our time zones aren't you know, we're not all North American time zones. So for, I always try to encourage people I work with, you know, like in Google Calendar, we use we use G Suite for all of our, um, you know, calendaring the mail and set what are your working hours. So when we're scheduling meetings together, we don't just, uh, just go into your, you know, into your evening. Likewise with Slack, you can set these are do not disturb times. So I don't get those dings. And, and if I do need a message, someone like you're saying, Kareem, I try to think of, you know, I try to say, Hey, this isn't urgent. You know, I know that thing might create urgency, but don't, you know, necessarily think about it. I'm just queuing this up for tomorrow. Um, and I think we, we try to lead by example there. I know that comes from the top down and we've had company all hands about those kind of practices, just as a reminders to everyone. It's like, just go, could be a 24 seven workplace doesn't mean we should. Yeah, it's important to disconnect. Um, um, some people who work from home have, uh, do have trouble disconnecting because their home space and their workspace um, starts to blend in. And so it's also important to have a physical barrier between um, your work life and your home life, um, especially if you work remote, um, trying to not think about um, about work while you're at home or in your home life. Um, and that, that comes from, of course, uh, um, setting do not disturb on things like Slack or other, other uh, direct messaging systems, uh, stopping notifications on your emails um, and other software. Um, and uh, just trying to get into a different mood um, when you get back um, home. Um, for example, you might wanna go on a walk, uh, take a break, something to get your mind off of 
thinking about work. Um, at Xperial, we don't really expect anybody to work um, after hours or during the weekends or even on vacation. And so um, we try to help facilitate um, people being able to disconnect from, from the work life um, and then the demands of, of everyday um, work. So um, I think it's also important to, uh, to um, as Johnny had said earlier, um, Communication improves uh, through some of the resources that we have, such as the fun channels on Slack. And uh, communication is important, of course, because um, it's it's not just up to the person who's dealing with mental health issues. Um, it's also up to the the company as a whole um, to help those in need, um, so that. Um, you may notice signs that you're burnt out, but also you might notice signs in other people that they're burnt out. Um, and uh, and you might want to take that to the manager or even the managers might um, see signs in their employees. Um, and some just real quick, some signs that your coworkers or yourself might be uh, dealing with uh, burnout or uh, stress or other mental health issues. Um, you might see your coworkers as uh, frustrated. Um, there might you might um, uh, be liable uh, for outbursts or just not generally in a good mood. Um, you might have difficulty sleeping um, or concentrating. Um, one of the most obvious signs is it is a sudden decrease in productivity, um, and uh, just generally feeling exacerbated when um, anything changes with your workload. Um, these are all signs that uh, you may be dealing with uh, stress or your coworkers might be dealing with stress. And it's important to um, notify your uh, managers um, if you can um, and let them know so that um, you can help promote that open um, workplace. And oftentimes it won't even be very apparent, right? It, just like this past year, it could be a little slow trickle that just keeps adding up and eating away at you. So it, it might be hard to notice as well. Yeah, I agree with the, it's also, it's not just that person's manager or even team members to necessarily be responsible for calling it out. I've definitely had conversations with people in the past, just from like kind of a, a catch up, you know, no real agenda, but in talking to them thinking like, man, that's maybe he's a little overloaded right now. Maybe I should mention that, you know, to his guide, um, and or his manager give a heads up that we need to be careful about how much we're putting on this person's plate. Um, and that actually is a, a one thing we haven't mentioned about the way we structure um, your manager here. At, this is unique to us that we're consultants and we're on many different projects at a time or across the year. So there's not really like one manager, one team that you would be on for the life of a project. So we have this concept of guides, which is a kind of like a one part HR manager, one part mentor, and just someone who sort of is there to make sure you have what you need, make sure um, things are going okay across projects. Like you have this person is your is consistently your manager, even as your projects change. And so that role is important for for the same things we talked about: checking and make sure things are okay. Um, you know looking for those signs of, yeah, so-and-so seems like he's really stressed out these days. Um, you know, maybe we need to escalate this and talk to their project leads. And, um, and so I think that's been a unique 
role that we have here that um, helps. It's not just specifically for mental health. I mean, it's just for sort of the logistics of the company, but I think it's a keeping everyone's guidees, mental health um, front and center is, a, is an important duty of that. Are there specific things that you guys look out for like in your own, I guess, day-to-day -day interactions that kind of tip you off? Like, oh, I might be getting burnout or I might be getting overwhelmed with some of this work, like just preemptively. Sometimes it's as simple as just the tone, right? Uh, the person might be hurried or when, you, when you're having your check-ins, uh, either they'll be hurried or a little extra distracted or seem just, there might be something off, right? To the normal. So like if you talk to your uh, folks enough, you sort of get like a baseline of, you know, normal, calm uh, uh, behavior. And if anything sort of seems off about that, uh, even if you can't pinpoint it, that's that's uh, could be a sign to start, you know, asking a little more and seeing if everything is indeed okay or not. If they're, maybe they're just having an off day or something happened, or maybe it's something, you know, more serious. Yeah, some some people might um, just say that, or just have an expression that they're not as excited to take on that work, um, which could be like a subtle sign, but um, could also be a sign that you're asking them for stuff on Friday evening. <laughs> Indeed, which is another point of stress. <laughs> Um, and some people also have, uh, have issues um, with being able to say no to their manager as well. Um, so sometimes it's not as easy to see um, in this, which that's always helpful to have uh, knowledgeable coworkers and managers yeah. um, be able to see that. So. Yeah, that was that, that was kind of what I was gonna getting ready to transition to. Um, at Expera, we're pretty lucky that we have a pretty open and understanding environment but other people might not be in such an environment. Do you guys have any suggestions for how they could kind of carve out their space or their boundaries within that environment? I think that's a great point. It's oftentimes your manager may just be working without the proper context or boundaries because they you've never provided that to them, right? So they're sort of working in a vacuum in that sense of, okay, I can schedule this at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning or 5.30 in the evening because they don't know what your boundaries are. And so this is where you should really speak up and communicate and say, here's my preferred schedule based on this. And I can be flexible, but I, I have some preferences for, you know, these uh, boundaries for time or days or, you know, what have you. And so if you, if you at least provide that to them, they have some guardrails to work against right and they'll try to keep things uh within that yeah i guess this goes to saying no is okay and i think that's something i and i know is harder as i was more junior in my career and as i've got more experience i feel i guess i have more confidence to say no and so those boundaries like boundaries like you're saying kareem because you kind of have to train the behavior you want yeah if you have a manager who's just pinging you at all hours of the day, scheduling meetings last minute, maybe just don't always be available, you know, and then they'll start to realize like, oh, okay, well, I better luck with Phil if I schedule between these hours. Obviously, ideally you're communicating this. Not everyone wants to hear it though. 
And it can go to an extreme where, yeah, it could just be such a hostile environment that it's time to move on. I mean, you know, you, especially at least in the software development world, there's a lot of opportunities out there and, and it's also valuing your time and your expertise, including Xperio, check us out, we're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, and, and as we start, you know, coming back to offices, uh, it would be good, uh, you know, as Phil said, hey, start marking stuff out. So if you're going to be commuting from this time, put it on your calendar. That way you're not stressed that, oh, you have to take a call on the road, you know, which is not a good idea. Or, you know, you have to leave extra early or things like that, right? So let, let these tools like your calendars and stuff be good communication tools. Yeah. Um, Out of office notifications are, are your friend. And, you know, say you have a doctor's appointment, don't schedule it just for that appointment window. Give yourself a buffer for things to run late or having to drive to and from so it's not an added stress. Like if you did need, if you were seeing a mental health professional or just getting a checkup, like don't make that stressful. Make sure that's something you can get done and fit in your day. It's still, and yeah, your, your calendar is your friend. On the topic of boundaries, how did you guys find your boundaries? along your, your career? Because I know personally, I didn't know what my boundaries were until I kind of broke those boundaries by overcommitting and not being able to, to deliver. And, and then I realized, you know what, maybe leaving things until midnight and saying, I'll do it today, deliver tomorrow, isn't a good idea. Is it just something that's trial and error? Or do you think people can be proactive and try to find their boundaries before yeah, they kind of get like, burned? I feel like it's trial and error to a degree. Now, hopefully you have people who give you that advice early on, but I think some of my early work was just, yeah, just getting working all the time, evenings, weekends, and realizing I couldn't keep that up. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's an important part of that is kind of what we emphasize, at least at Xperio, our guides operate as an advocate and as you know, someone who's looking out for you. So, you know, there's an open door there to be open about Hey, I'm overwhelmed, but also I, I vividly remember when I first started and I was saying yes to everything because I thought I was supposed to. And also I was overconfident and thought I could do it all. Um, and my guide pulled me aside and said, Hey, you, you know, you can tell me no, right? Like, I don't want you working till midnight because you'll be miserable and you'll burn out and quit. And your work won't be as good either. Like it's, it doesn't help your boss for you to be working crazy hours and getting exhausted because the work you're producing isn't going to be as good anyway. And then you're just exhausted and frustrated. So, and, and I know not everyone has the luxury of, of a manager or a guide who, who recognizes those things. Um, so that's where it is important to kind of recognize, Hey, how, how are these things that I'm committing to affecting me? Do I need to take a step back and say, Hey, wait, I can't, I can't do this all. I can't sustain this. Um, you know, it is a little bit of a dance between uh, you advocating for yourself and having other people come alongside you. But um, that is definitely something I'm very grateful for. And I, I think it is something like Phil said, you, there's some trial and error figuring out what you're comfortable with. You know, some people would rather work longer hours, four days a week and have a three day weekend. We have people here at Xperia who prefer that schedule and we, we can work that out. Um, but yeah, part of it is just kind of figuring out what works for you and, and kind of being honest about how it affects your attitude and your 
quality of work and your your enjoyment of your work and all of that. And if you're concerned about saying no, or it seems scary to say no to your manager, another way to sort of pose that is, hey, I have these five tasks on my list. Can you please help me prioritize, uh, right? And that yeah. helps take the stress off because now everything's not first priority. You know, you work on the first priority. Once you're done, then you go to the second and so on, right? And your manager is on the same page or the client or whoever you're working with. You're on the same page. And so that is auto already less stress uh, for you. That's a really good point. Like, what is the priority of this is a powerful question. And I think that's something I didn't understand early on because everything your manager asks you for is a priority. But no, they may just be like, oh, hey, can you look into this thing? And have forgotten they asked you for five other things. And if you said, well, what was the priority of this? Oh, what else are you working on? Oh, no, no, those things are more important. Do this later. It could be next week, it could be next month. Uh, and that's like a quick conversation that right away could reduce your, your mental load. Right. And a similar question that's been helpful, at least for me, is when do you need this by? And I've often found when, when I ask that, I'm assuming they need it in the next day. And they often say, oh, sometime within the next two weeks. It's like, oh, that's instantly way less stressful. And I'm way more okay with saying, yes, I can do that. And, and those simple questions can really help just get a feel not only for what people need, but how capable I am of, of accomplishing that without destroying my, my mental health and stressing myself out way too much. And of course, you did those things 13 days later, right? <laughs> uh, no comment. And, and this, this still applies today, even if you're not a junior, because, um, you know, as people are commuting, now your days are changing again, right? So as uh, your, your days are sort of getting shorter because you're going to spend some time driving or doing uh, or, or, you know, taking the bus or something. But basically, it, communicating that, like, here's the times that I will be working now, now that I'm back in the office, uh, things like that. Because in the past year, you know, there, it has been a sort of loosening uh, of the flexibility where things have been scheduled at all times of the day. And, you know, it's sort of been people have thought it's okay to schedule meetings at six because, hey, you would have been driving home at this time anyway. So I think you should be available, right? Those types of things. So, you know, basically re reaffirming your boundaries uh, is, is key. In that, in turn, you know, decreases the amount of stuff you have time to do. So the question about saying uh, or asking what the priorities are and when and, you know, saying no is uh, even more important. I know one of the things that we try to focus on here at Xpero is kind of growth and mentorship. Have you guys found that that, that helps out as well in kind of knowing, you know, trying to figure out your boundaries, figuring out that it's okay to say no? Yeah, um, I had participated in the um, mentorship program um, for a few months um, with uh, somebody who had um, much more experience with me in the software um, world. And uh, I actually found it very helpful in the sense that um, I could get input from them about uh, issues that I was facing that I um, wasn't sure really how to deal with. For example, um, uh, work-life balance, uh, maintaining the work-life balance, 
um, uh, issues with with being overscheduled, um, uh, working long out long hours, late hours uh, on the weekends. Um, and I could talk with somebody who um, had been there um, before and had come up with their own ways of dealing with those situations. Um, and it was a very open communication um, in that regard. Um, and overall, it, it completely changed the way that I do work um, um, and also improved uh, my work-life balance and also my ability to uh, separate my home life with the remote work lifestyle. And the, and the key to the mentorship uh, experience is really not just having a set of things or check boxes, right? Oh, done, done, sort of. You need to adapt it and cater it to the, the mentee, really, and see what areas uh, they can usually, uh, you know, uh, get help with and what, what things we want to improve them on or what are they struggling with uh, so that it proves to be the most valuable, uh, pro provides the most value for the, the time that you know, both sides are putting in. Yeah. I think there's some degree of introspection that needs to be promoted as well when you're in, an, when you're in a mentorship engagement because a lot of people just don't know, basically just they don't know what they don't know basically. And so like, they might not be aware one that it's okay to say no to things or it's okay to say yes to things. It's okay to just be your authentic self at work. You don't have to like, you know, um, I know some, some, some people, myself included, start off and they put on a kind of work persona where you kind of tone yourself down, you're at work, you don't, you're not fully vibrant, but it's so much better when you just come as you are to work. People enjoy working with you more. You find that you enjoy the work more. You're not holding back and stuff like that. Um, what I found with the, the mentorship engagement that I did was that um, the, the person that I was mentoring had a lot of great ideas and enthusiasm for technology, but there wasn't at, at the moment or at that time, there, there wasn't really a great place or a great outlet for that. Um, and so we, tried to work on like where we could direct that to like some of the SIGs that we have and for context SIGs are special interest groups where you can kind of talk about you know technology or UX and stuff like that and tried to figure out what kinds of projects that person would like to be on um, and what kinds of things that, that they would like to work on and if that person hadn't had the introspection or the, the, the vibrancy to like kind of bring that forward, they might've been stuck on projects or like not, not been able to actually do the things that they enjoy doing. And that's when a job goes from something that you enjoy into like, oh, it's just a job and I have to get through the day so I can go live my real life. I think that's a good example again of that person's manager or leads wasn't necessarily the person who saw the, the change that needed to be made and a good thing came out of it, you know, in this case, you and having a mentorship with him. And that, you know, as an example, that could be the difference between someone leaving the company frustrated, but we've now retained a great employee, uh, just made sure that they're working on the things they like to work on, which is beyond mental health, right? It's just knowing what your people want will create happier people. And it's better to retain someone than have to go hire someone new and train them too. So last year, I, I, I kind of took a deep dive into my own mental health. And one of the things that I ran into was that things that we classify as problems with ourselves, like 
procrastination, not being able to produce quality work or whatever that means. Um, they're not really problems as much as they're solutions to things, that, but those solutions aren't applicable to your current situation. So like to give a kind of contrived example, if you're really good at knocking out really quick and like, you know, quick and dirty hardware, that's great for proof of concept or sorry, software, that's great for proof of concept engagements, probably not so great for long-term engagements, right? But if you're at a company that does both, then maybe you just go to the proof of concept project more often than you go to the long-term engagement project. Um, and kind of realize that it's not that there's something wrong with you or something with the way that you work, it's just not the right solution for the situation that you're in. Definitely. And, uh... I did want to touch on a couple of things that you could do um, um, for yourself uh, if, in the case, some of the things that we uh, we spoke about aren't aren't feasible in your in your current um, situation. Um, some things that you could do um, to 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 sort of de-stress and help yourself um, are taking small breaks um, during the workday. Um, so, for example, maybe like a five minute. Uh, breathing break, uh, five-minute walking break, uh, some uh, a lunch break. Um, putting that in your calendar so that people are aware that you're you're out. Um, when you take large breaks like vacations, um, it's important to completely disconnect um, for at least some portion of that vacation um, so that you can reset. Um, it's also important to um, set specific starting and stopping times. We've kind of talked about this, uh, like making sure that you're uh, updating your your calendar um, so that people know where you're at and what you're doing, giving a little bit of a buffer. Um, you can also um, sign up for meditation programs um, or even do your own meditation in uh, at your home. Um, some examples of this are breathing exercises, uh, reciting mantras or, uh, or yoga. Um, and uh, uh, one thing that I actually helped me from uh, our uh, mentorship program um, was was learning how to make a good to-do list um, that incorporated everything you needed to do during the day. Um, that keeps you on track um, over over the, the course of the day. Um, of course, if um, these are these are also uh, less feasible, um, you can always reach out um, to different resources that you might have available. Um, so. Uh, you can reach out to uh, your doctor um, and talk about um, your issues there. They could give you um, a referral to see a therapist or a mental health provider. Um, some programs um, and some insurance um, have uh, EAP, um, which is employee assistance programs, and you can give them a call and for um, and they can help you find uh, mental health resources that are available in your area. Um, and uh, in some cases, the first uh, three sessions are free. Um, and you can also always talk to your friends. Um, they might have some uh, recommendations there. And the thing to keep in mind is it doesn't really take a lot to get into a better mental state. Uh, often, sometimes it's just a small things that can quickly um, uh, improve your state of mind. So, you know, uh, as Oscar was mentioning, you know, take breaks, get away. Uh, examples of things we do is, you know, we host social activities and contests that encourage you to, you know, um, start, look at something else or step away from your work for a bit or 
go outside and take a picture. So encouraging you to, you know, get outside for a bit. Um, and doesn't even have to be long. So, you know, it could be micro breaks, uh, just get away from your desk. Or, uh, you know, what we do here is uh, we have office space that has like different areas in the office to actually, you know, take your laptop and go sit on a couch or go sit at a different desk and, you know, work just so you get that break from sitting at your desk all day long. And so just having an environment that's conducive to productivity, but also conducive to just helping you alter your state of mind over the course of the day. Or, you know, we have uh, a gym to go work out at uh, downstairs so you can go do that, you know, just because exercise helps uh, relieve stress as well. So just even these some small things, you know, five minutes, 10 minute type things are just uh, continuing to work without uh, taking that break, but moving to a different location. All these things can vastly improve, um, you know, how you feel at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. And I know, at least for me, you know, I've spent much of the last year because of COVID working from home when I had not normally done that. And it was definitely a challenge at times, not being around other people and being in the same place that I live. Um, and I was just curious, you know, there, I know some people will exit this time of, of COVID, you know, once it does you know, kind of wind down. And, and still work remote, like this will still be their normal life. Um, and I know, you know, some of us want to, are eager to get back to the office, but, you know, Oscar, do you have any, um, just like recommendations for people who are maybe living in that world, either still or going to continue in that world of working remotely uh, and just the unique challenges it offers? Yeah, one of one of the biggest issues is, is um, you're, dealing with a different form of communication. Um, the communication is almost always electronic instead of in person. And so with that comes the feeling that you need to respond to every um, signal that comes your way, um, every direct message or email. Um, and also not sure when to stop or start um, your engagement with, uh, with, like, with work um, online. And so um, some things that you can do are making sure you have a very physical uh, delineation between um, your workspace and uh, your home space um, and making sure you change the mood. Like uh, one example that somebody gave was uh, what, what they do that helps them is um, they have a hard stop at um, 5 p.m. And then after 5 p.m., um, they might go and play some music and dance a little bit or walk around and, and try to get um, into the into the mind of space of, of I'm home now. Um, some people, um, I think Kareem had mentioned this before, uh, like to go on drives um, after work to give the feeling that they're um, um, going on a commute. Um, and so that when they come back home, they feel like they're in a different mind space. Um, some people, uh, this is less likely during the, the COVID times, but um, some people like to also go to shared working, uh, co-working spaces and coffee shops um, just to get away from um, home in general. Um, and, uh, it's also important that people who work remotely recognize that, um, they may feel more isolated or alone, um, during those times as well. Um, so it's important to also engage in, um, in being around other people in, in different social programs that you might be able to do after work, um, maybe online for now, but, um, later on in person when things get a little bit better. Awesome. Uh, that's all really good stuff. 
And I guess just just to wrap up, you know, the, the goal behind this episode is it's obviously a little bit different from the kinds of things you normally talk about is, um, you know, we want to do our part to destigmatize mental health care. Uh, it's it's a real thing. It's real important. It, it's a real thing that a lot of people struggle with, and that's okay. It's not wrong to say to your boss or to your doctor, "Hey, I think I'm struggling with depression, or I'm struggling with anxiety, or I'm I'm getting burnt out, or I feel like I don't belong here, and I'm not doing good enough." Um, those are conversations that are important to have and to recognize that um, that's normal. That's something a lot of people deal with, um, and the solution isn't just saying, "I'll push through and I'll probably feel better later." That's uh, just going to make things worse. So if you take anything from this time, just know that your mental health is important. You are not alone. If you've experienced any of those symptoms or other things that we haven't mentioned, it's very normal and it's uh, very important to reach out if you need help. It's okay. connecting with us. We hope to see you next time. Now we just need to get this out soon. No pressure, no stress. Yeah, yeah, no don't, don't stress about it. But yeah, if you don't get this out it. before the end of the month. What, yeah. What is the priority of this? Yeah, it's right. it's it hit top priority, of course. Oh man. Always. Cool. And we're hiring. Remember that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <laughs> you.